I'm Ross, a curious parent. And I'm John, an education expert. This is From the Sidelines. Bite-sized study tips to help you help them through. Well, it's always good to see you, John. You too, Ross. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Picking up new tips and tricks every single ah, time we do these, I think. It's nice that, um, that although we're here to kind of educate parents who might be listening, that if I'm, you know, imparting some knowledge on you as well, Absolutely. then uh, it's, uh, yeah, perfect, isn't it? I've got a little bit of a way to go with some of the uh, some of the tactics, I think, but uh, with mine being uh, nearly three and four years old, but, uh, but we get, we're getting there, and some of it genuinely is already useful, and you can kind of see it at that that early stage and, and how it can definitely be helpful as, as they move through. Perfect. So um, your your role is interesting. And one of the reasons why we got together to do this is because ultimately you can come from both angles. So from the perspective of uh, education, practitioner, mm-hmm. teacher, deputy CEO, to the other side of it, which is a parent. Yeah. Um, and I suppose one of the things that I'm really keen to understand is how do you show both of those? How is it be most effective? How have you balanced that, etc.? Come on, give us some information. It's very difficult. Um, and I think that one thing I want to, to say to parents uh, is that it, it, these are difficult times for us uh, as, as parents coming out of lockdown and not everything is easy to implement immediately. And we've got to stick at it. And, and even though I talk about it, write about it, speak about it, I still you know, often find things difficult to, to implement at home. But that doesn't mean to say we should give up, you know, just because it's difficult. It's not, well, oh, well, I won't do it then. Even if it doesn't work the first time, you know, actually try it again, keep going. It might be that, you know, that, that it's not anything about you that, you know, the strategy that hasn't worked. It's just the fact that they're tired or that they're grumpy or, so it's picking your moments. Um, and, and, and yeah, it, it's, uh, it, I find it, I find it very interesting to try and to really, bring that kind of theoretical knowledge that I know from kind of my work and my reading and my, my speaking, et cetera, into then kind of into the home. Um, and sometimes my uh, my ki- my two kids call me the fun police. Oh, here's the fun police. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm saying, well, no, like, you know, this this is how, you know, we learn. And actually, if I can if I can bring that kind of knowledge into into my home, then uh, then great. But yes, it isn't always plain sailing. Um, and hopefully that gives some confidence to parents out there that it's that, it, that we're all finding it difficult uh, and we've got to stick at these things but knowing what's right and knowing the right uh, strategies and knowing how learning really works hopefully will give people that confidence that even if it is difficult they should still keep going with it because actually this is you know these are the, the things that will make the biggest differences and we also know that some of the things that make the biggest differences aren't always that easy you know yeah. and actually to get to where you want to get to it yeah. is going to take some hard work Two disclaimers there, I think, before we start this episode. Number one, by doing this and implementing these strategies, you will not be known as the fun police at home. <laughs> uh, and number two, uh, we mentioned very briefly about the COVID lockdowns. Mm. I just want to touch that really briefly. You know, we're not doing this to show that this was is recorded after COVID uh, and that it is recorded in real time, but mainly because there is an impact of that genuinely on, on families and parents and carers who will have... Uh, you know, children who will have been obviously part of that at the early stage of secondary, perhaps, and are now coming coming towards GCSE time, where there will still be elements of that, that that's had an impact. So I think that's really important to just to kind of reference. Yeah, hundred percent. And and it's getting our children back into those really um, solid and and effective study habits. We've talked about habits before, haven't we? Where we did an episode on habit stacking getting your child back into some of those. And I say back into because a lot of children sometimes fell out of that in in the kind of lockdown kind of times where learning was different. It might have been um, online or they could access it whenever they wanted to. So they didn't have to do it at 
two o'clock in the afternoon, they could do it whenever they wanted to. So there was more of a choice sometimes uh, for our children. So getting them back into those habits is really important. Um, and as we said previously, the stronger your habits are, then the more likely that your child is going to be uh, successful um, and, and make progress at whatever level you know that, that they're at, because those habits are the things that are the foundations for success. And we know that from our life anyway, don't we? You know, if we want to really be successful something, we have those great habits and we do those things, the little things, do them right and do them often. Uh, I've referenced it, it was world-class basics before. Just doing those little things really, really well makes a big difference. We better get cracking, aren't we? Mm. Uh, so today's topic is distributed practice, mm. okay? Um, I'm, I'm not going to try and pretend I've, I've aimed to guess that one, uh, but I do want you to tell us more about it, if that's all right, and just explain what, what do we mean by the phrase distributed practice. Okay, so if I just take those two words separately and we think about distributed or distributing, then what that means is it means kind of spreading something out, okay. right? And everyone will be, will be familiar with that. And obviously the practice word, it's actually how we, how we spread out how we practice or study, okay? Um, so ultimately it's, it's, the, it's the, the opposite to last minute cramming. And I'm sure without making any assumptions about your schooling, uh, Ross, I'm sure both of us were very familiar with last minute cramming. Am I right? Absolutely right. Correct. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So it's about then thinking, well, just because we did that yeah. doesn't mean it said that's right. And doesn't mean it said that's the right way or the best way to, 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 to study and to achieve. So um, distributed practice means that we almost, we, we, we spread out times, our, our learning and our study, and we give ourselves almost time to forget the information so that we can recall it from our from our kind of from, from, from the back of our minds. So that, that 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 that's the key here. Spreading out learning, giving it giving ourselves time to almost forget it so that we can recall it. Okay. So question number one on that is giving children time to forget things seems a little bit contrary to what we're trying to achieve with this. Does it not? It's it, you're absolutely right in what you say. It sounds like that's not what we want to do, but actually how we learn. And if we think about a previous episodes, we've talked about um, retrieval practice and recall. If you think about this, and I'll really, I'll kind of pick it apart right now and hopefully make it really simple. In order to recall something and to try and remember something, we've almost, we almost have to forget it, right? Because if I just give you a series of information now, and it's in the short term memory in the forefront of your mind, when I ask you to recall it, it's too easy because I've only just given you it. So I almost need to let you have that time to forget it so that it becomes desirably difficult. Something we talked about last time out, um, about making it a little bit harder so that it makes our brains have to work. And the more our brain has to work to recall that information, the more likely it is we're going to remember it in the future because our brains had to do some work. So we, we, we've, we've almost given ourselves a desirably difficult level of kind of cognitive demands in our brain. And that is what creates that lasting memory. So yes, we do have to give our, give our uh, children time to forget it. You know, if all we ever do is quiz or, or recall something that we learned yesterday, it's too easy. You know, mm. we need to, because ultimately as an exam, mm. you know, as schools, we will ask our children to look, to remember things from 12 months ago, 24 months ago, 36 months ago, not just 36 hours ago. So we've got to then practice what we're preaching now and, and do the same things in our house. So technically what we're talking about there is the concept of the cramming. Mm -hmm. um, like you say, the, the, the kind of the last minute revision piece, if you like. Um, which I always thought was a was a good strategy in, in essence. You know, leave it until that point, get your notes down, take it into the exam next morning, splurge it onto the paper, and, and then and then go from there. Are you telling us that that's something that that isn't 
something to to be uh, to be adopting as a strategy. Right. Well, let me. Let, I'll 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 answer that in two parts. Okay. Firstly, I'll be I'll be really honest that it yes it might improve short term performance. Okay. Okay. And what I mean by that is if you cram last minute and it's in the forefront of your mind, you probably, as you uh, you said, you can probably spit it out onto the exam paper the next morning. So if you're just looking to pass a test and achieve a certain mark and not worry about actually long-term learning, then that is still quite effective, okay? However, the downside of that is that you probably then don't get a very good night's sleep. It probably increases your stress levels because you're doing it like last minute and you are then not going to bed having a good night's sleep you're stressed about it. You probably don't have as much clarity of thinking the next day mm. because your mind is, you're in that kind of cognitive overload stage where it's all a bit lastminute.com and it's a bit kind of a bit frenzied and stressful. So it, it's not great. And if I answer the second part of it now, what we really want from learning is long-term learning that we can recall at any stage in the future, that we've actually learned something, not that we can just recall it for the next 12 hours and spit it on an exam paper and never, ever remember it after that. We want long-term learning. And all of the studies and all of the science behind this says that that distributed practice and spacing out our learning over a period of time and letting our children almost forget it so they have to recall it and their brain has to do more work is far more effective if we want children to actually, properly, deeply learn something, um, which is ultimately what we want, don't we? We, 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 want, we want our children to be able to learn those spellings and keep spelling them correct in the future, not just for the test on Friday morning and then get them wrong again next week because they crammed it and that's all they did. And yes, they got nine out of 10 on the spelling test and we all we all feel great about it. But then next week, hang on, why are you spelling that word wrong? Yeah. They haven't really learned it. I get it. Do you see what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's almost just in the front of their mind and they literally like yeah. blurt it and spit it out. But actually that, that's not how it works. Going back to something that we did, we talked about uh, a while ago now, we talked about in the retrieval practice episode, you asked me about uh, your landline phone number. Yeah. Right? So again, thinking about how that worked, that was spaced out. It was a spaced out retrieval practice. You didn't know when the phone was going to ring. It might have rung, you know, you might have answered it once or twice a day. It might, you might answer it once a week. And then you get to a point where now you haven't answered it for 30 years because none of us have landlines, you know, anymore from that point of view. So actually, that, that's a testament to how that works. And you have remembered that. So yeah, it, it, it's all in the it's all in the forgetting phase, which is I know it sounds quite alien to people. Why would we want our children to forget things? We almost have to for them to recall it and make it desirably difficult. And and we mentioned really briefly about the stress levels that that can create in terms of that that sort of night before cramming piece. I think for for parents and carers and any champions young people that are involved at this this point in a child's journey, you know, especially if we think about getting towards exam time, um, quite often you might have two exams in one day, mm-hmm. um, and therefore that's impractical to do that that cramming. Yeah. Uh, quite often there's six exams over a period of a week. Again, that level of stress of cramming every single night is just not helpful or healthy, is it? Realistically, absolutely. And and I think that what we want to do, and and I, and I say what we as human beings now, not as not just as adults, not just as, 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 as children, we want to feel in control and feel organised. The more organised we feel, the more in control we feel, the calmer we feel, the more prepared we feel, and therefore that gives us a great mindset to be able to feel like we're going to smash the exam, we're going to you know, ace that interview, whatever it is in our life. So that if you've been 
spacing out your study and your revision and your your kind of quizzing over a period of a few weeks leading up to uh, an exam potentially you know that you've got everything in place you've got everything done a bit like an athlete would do you know an athlete would plan their training program in the run-up to an event the olympics whatever it is you know they wouldn't be suddenly oh i need to go and do like 100 laps of the track the night before you know a race they would have had this planned out well in advance leading up to the point that the day before that they're at their, their optimum peak performance ready to perform that next day we need to be thinking about that very similar to how we would then be preparing for anything in our life or, or, or for our children leading up to an exam so all sounds really good and completely get it, understand it. it, it makes sense. However, we are realists here, aren't we, as well? Yeah. Um, and we we want to make sure that for those listening watching, you know, who may, let's say, for example, have just found out that their child has got an exam in a week's time, uh, has done very little preparation, we might even be a couple of nights before, is, you know, what's the advice there in terms of the, the cramming piece and, and how that would possibly make an impact okay so if you're uh, and, and you're absolutely right not everyone will be in an ideal situation yeah. uh, and if you are if you suddenly find that either you have just tuned in and you're now starting to want to prepare your you know your, your son or your daughter with a week a week to go or <laughs> you you think that they have been doing things and they have been telling you that they've been doing things and then they maybe have a bit of an honest conversation with you and say, <laughs> I'm a bit stressed because you know I've been telling you I've been doing all this, these things. I actually haven't. So yeah, it, it, it's not, it, it, there's not, there isn't any, it's not like a no hope now and that, well, that's it. Sorry, you should have been listening since, since September. One of the things that I would advise is um, to, to, to look for potentially, um, you know, like a, Colin's our, I mean, we've, we've said a few times, our, our supporting partner that we're really, really kind of really proud to be working with. They do some great guides for, almost studying a week. And those okay. almost like, yep. and, and if you think about like an intensive driving course, Ross, you know, actually that you can learn over a period of, you know, 15, 20 weeks by having a lesson a week, or actually for some people learning in a week is perfect because you put four or five hours in a day and you learn, you've got a deadline and you know that on Friday, my, you know, my, my, my test is five o'clock on Friday. I need to get to that point. That actually motivates some people. You know, that, that, that some people need that deadline, don't they? Mm -hmm. So actually, by having some of those, you know, revision in a week kind of guides, there's a structure in there. It helps you work through, and there's a real kind of uh, a pressure deadline, isn't it? That actually mm -hmm. maybe increases some of that desirable difficulty. Now, it's not something that I would advise from scratch and say, "Don't worry, leave it to the last minute." Yeah. But if you do find yourself in that position, there is help at hand, and some of those things are quite useful. Again. Flashcards, making your own flashcards. How you know we can still do some retrieval in that in those two or three days before the exam by using flashcards rather than just trying to cram and reread your notes because there's a danger that when we cram, we just look over our notes and we think that by reading it it goes in. And we've said before it's one of the worst ways of actually re revising. So still think about the techniques that work: retrieval, quizzing, flashcards, that kind of stuff. Um, but it might just need to be a bit more pressure because there's only a few days to go rather than spacing it out. But there's still there's still hope and there's still things people can do. Amazing. And and so just to wrap it up a little bit, we talk about distributed practice, mm -hmm. the idea of over a long period of time. Are there any other sort of techniques that we've mentioned previously or will be mentioned in future podcasts that, that kind of we would direct parents and carers to that would help with setting that condition for that distributed practice? Yeah, quite a few. And if I, if I think of, of, of the ones that would stick out, I think making sure that you take their mobile phone away from them so that they haven't yeah. got any distractions. So if you go back to the one on distractions and that kind of silent focus idea, 
making sure that they're only revising or studying for 25 minutes at a time. We, we, we call that the Pomodoro technique. Uh, with, so 25 minutes of study with a five minute break, uh, making sure that they've got a, a flat surface if possible, because if they're, uh, and, and, and it's not, um, it's not filled with you know, rubbish and kind yeah. of clutter. So having a designated study space that's flat, that, that we've got all your materials ready. Um, and, you know, just ultimately as a parent, getting involved and making sure the conditions are, are correct. So if they, if, if, if they want to do something called a brain dump or blurting, we've done a podcast on that and how you can then kind of recall things from previously by, by writing it down on a page and trying to fill your page with, with as much information as you can before you then check it. So lots and lots of those things, if people want to go back and find those episodes or if, if episodes are maybe too long for you and you want it really short and sharp, we've obviously got our study hack videos that are all about a minute long that give you the information in a really succinct fashion um, and describe it and demonstrate it to you. So that might be really useful for not only for you, but to show your son or daughter as well so they can actually get into the habit of knowing, oh, okay, I see what that is now, rather than just, oh, mum or dad's been listening to this podcast about these two guys, you know, <laughs> cracking on. Well, actually, here's what it looks like, here's why it is, and here's how it's going to be useful. So any of those I would be, I would be kind of directing people to um, in, in order to implement. Thanks, John. Uh, and one thing we've also mentioned as well is we do want you to share this as well. So if you can share with us elements of, of what we mentioned there that kind of contribute towards that distributor practice. That's awesome. We want to see it. We want to see the you know, these things in, in practice. It is really important and hopefully inspiring other parents and carers and champions of young people as well. And that's what we want to, to create here in terms of that that buzz and that understanding. That's really nice. It's been nice to see people have reached out to us in various yeah. formats and how yeah, it yeah. has helped them. Yeah. Either how it's given them confidence as a parent yeah. uh, to, to say to their child, no, no, I know this now, yeah. and I and I'm sure about this, uh, and it gives them their confidence. And to, I am not the fun police. And I'm not the fun police, yeah. you know. And actually, that that it is going to make a big difference, you know, down the line, and that that kind of, you know, that short term cramming and the, um, you know, the, the added stress. You don't need that. Let's be more organised. So yeah, it's been great to see that and see the strategies that people have been using, and uh, you know, always great to see that that the. the, the, the the podcast is and, and the, the videos are having, a, are having an impact and making a difference, which is why we do it, isn't it? Yeah, looking forward to the next one already. Uh, thanks very much, John, as always. And thank you for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you.